after church this morning and as we were coming back uh, brother Todd who, who does the teen ministry in Addison County here he was selling peaches on the side of the road Middlebury stop chatted with him visited such a beautiful day outside just just nice and then it's good to be in God's house this evening Amen. let's open up with a word of prayer father in heaven we thank you for this day you've given us and the way you watch over us and care for us we thank you for the beautiful place we live. And I pray that you help us to be a witness, a testimony, a presence in this place that seems to be so uninterested in you, Lord. Such a post-Christian culture. But Lord, we know that you always have your remnant. You have your people. And we're part of that. And I pray that you would help us tonight as we worship Help us to honor you. And then as we go forth into this new week, I pray that you help us to represent you well. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Well, let's continue in singing a new song we learned a little while ago called His Mercy is More. And it starts with the chorus. Praise the Lord. His mercy is more. Praise the Lord. Oh 
let's all stand and we're going to sing Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us. Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us. John Howard's going to come forward. You can, you can be seated. John Howard's going to come forward, and he's going to read to us a poem that he wrote. He's going to read it to us tonight. He wrote it while he was on a 10-mile run. Is that correct, Brother John? Well, I, I wrote it Thursday night, but I was thinking about it yesterday and rearranging it in my head. <laughs> okay. Hearing too much evening news overwhelms and gives the blues. Friends and neighbors in distress, society is a mess. Where do I go? To the Lord. And seek comfort from his word, bringing everything in prayers to the one I know who cares. Broken dreams and heavy loads, flooded streams and uphill roads, of life's many challenges, we each suffer damages. Where do I go? To the Lord. And seek comfort from his word, bringing everything in prayers to the one I know who cares. Cheeks are wet with many tears, heavy heart with many cares. Sometimes I just want to shout, pouring out my every doubt. I need your blessed comfort, the filling of your spirit, assurance from your presence, knowing you are my defense. Brother John. No, I wasn't gonna. Yeah. He's telling me not to make you stand. I wasn't gonna. You can stay seated on Jordan Stormy Banks. On Jordan Stormy Banks, I stand and cast the wishful Bibles with me to the book of Psalms. I should put that microphone on and make your job easier back there, wouldn't it, Hillary? 
looking back there, she's smiling, but she's thinking, Pastor, you haven't put your microphone on. Um, Psalm 46 is where we're going tonight, Psalm 46, verses 1 through 3. It's good to see Hillary and William back. They have not been feeling well the last week, and um, little Theo, too. But they're all back on their feet, doing well, feeling strong, right? Okay, that's great. Uh, Psalm 46, verses 1 through 3. Tonight, my Bible lesson, my, my sermon is simply entitled, Come Unto Me. And it is the Lord's call out to each of us to come unto Him. Um, this is a very familiar text. When you hear it, you should, it sh there should be a sense of familiarity because not only is it in the Word of God, but you hear it in music, you hear it in different places. It's a familiar text. So listen as I read it to you. Psalm 46, verses 1 down through 3. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, therefore, will we, therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar, and be troubled, though the mountains there shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. So when we start out, I want you to note as we start verse 1, he simply says to us, God is our refuge and strength, the very present help in trouble. Therefore, will we not fear? I have a real problem because... No, I'm all set. I thought my notes were wrong. I'm looking, I'm thinking, that's not right. But it is right. I just, you know, kind of like John, he's out on a 10-mile run, and he's thinking about his poem. And for me, I've got a stacked-up cycle of studying that I do between Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And I'm, I'm bouncing back and forth with all those things. And just for a minute right there, I thought I had the wrong notes for the text, but we're okay. Um, yes. Okay. So as we start out, God is our refuge. I want you to notice it says God is our refuge and strength, the very present help in trouble. The word refuge is the Hebrew word makassa. It, 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 the, its meaning is a place of hope or a shelter. And as we look at this text, God reminds us, he is our refuge. He is our makassa. He's our place of hope and a shelter. Matthew 11 verses 28 through 30 says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You see, he is calling us to come and find refuge in him. But it's interesting when we look at Christ's teaching here in Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30, because he expands on this. He says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So tonight I asked John, to bring up for you, I wanted to show you a variety of yokes, human yokes, because he's not talking about oxen or donkeys, he's talking about humans. 
And so I texted John. I said, John, I want you to find some human yoke pictures. And here you see a human yoke picture. Now, personally, when I look at this picture, and it's one of them that I looked at this afternoon, it really looks relatively comfortable, doesn't it? It doesn't look like that would be an awfully sore thing. But you know what? That picture, I'm not sure that yoke is all that comfortable. Do you? Let's see the next one, John. Or that. Can you imagine being an elderly person and carrying two buckets of water on one stick on your shoulder? Would that not hurt? Or like this yoke, totally different style yoke, but still, that's pretty harsh on your neck, on your arm, isn't it? So we're seeing, I told John, I said, I want you to find all different pictures of yokes of people carrying things. That right there, to me, I can't imagine right against the back of my neck right there, that yoke, that looks hard. But now, I don't know, that one there is kind of carved and shaped for the back of your neck and your shoulders. That doesn't look all that bad, does it? In fact, there you go. There's a great picture of it. Is that it, John? So when we look at this text and we find that the Lord is telling us, hey, come unto me, come to me as a refuge and strength, a present help in trouble. And then when we understand that that refuge is that place of rest, that place of hope and shelter, and it reminds us that Christ says, come, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you what? Rest. But when he builds on that, he says, take my yoke upon you. And when he's talking about bringing that yoke up upon us, we just saw there's all different kinds of yokes that could come up on us, aren't there? There are yokes that are just a rod on your shoulder carrying a load. That, I don't care, you'd have to have an unbelievable callus on your shoulder to not have that thing hurt if you were carrying five gallons of water. Harmon used to always, in his school, in his classes down there, I remember him teaching that water is eight pounds a gallon. Right, Harmon? So if, if you have five gallons of water, how many, how much, what's the weight, Andre? 40 pounds. If you have two five-gallon buckets, how much is it, Elizabeth? 80. 80 pounds of water. Can you imagine? We saw people carrying what looked like maybe not quite five gallons, but we'll say three or four, and carrying it with just a rod. That would not be an easy yoke, would it? And look at what Christ says to us. He says, take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So the people of the time of the Bible, when Jesus taught them, and he's teaching them to come unto him and find rest in him, he's saying, I have a yoke for you that is an easy yoke. It's not the harsh, cutting-in yoke. It's not the hard yoke. You saw the one where it's just a rod coming across and the guy's carrying a heavy load. 
that, right, that would be hard. But we saw the other yokes that were hand-carved, custom-made, probably for the people who carried them. They probably carved those if there was a hard spot, a hot spot, they'd go ahead and maybe they'd whittle it out a little bit more and get it so that it was an easy yoke instead of a hard yoke. The Lord calls us. He says, come unto me. God is offering to us refuge, that place of peace and hope. Christ assures us that the yoke he offers in troubled times and laborious times is a yoke that is easier than the other yokes. It's nevertheless a yoke. So he doesn't, he doesn't want us to misunderstand. Life is hard, isn't it? And oftentimes a yoke is required. Uh, it's kind of like, have, have any of you recently picked up one of these baby carriers? You pick those baby carriers up. It's no wonder that most women today, they got shoulders and arms on them. Like, I mean, it's intimidating, isn't it? You pick those baby things up, they're a good 35 or 40 pounds, aren't they? Seems like it. And I think to myself, can you imagine in the day when they were carrying water by the five gallon buckets down every day, multiple times, carrying it on their shoulders? And Jesus says, come unto me, my yoke is easy. They understood the difference between a hard yoke and an easy yoke. And then he, he builds on that just a little bit more. He says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. As John showed those pictures of yokes, human yokes, carrying loads. Some of those loads I looked at and I thought, that's not bad. You know, maybe it was straw or sticks compared to water or bricks. Jesus says to them, come. Come and find rest in me. The Lord teaches us God is our refuge. He is our mechesa, a place of hope and shelter. He wants to give to us a yoke that is an easier yoke. He wants to give to us a burden that is light. But don't ever mistake, God does recognize that there are burdens in life. He doesn't say, I'm going to remove all burden from you. He says, I'm going to lighten your burden. I'm going to give you an oak, a yoke that fits and it's an easy yoke. He is there for us throughout the troubles, throughout the struggles. He does understand that there is burden in labor. Certainly when we rest in him, when we find refuge in him, we understand that it touches on every area of our lives. Spiritual, emotional, physical. He wants to walk with us, even yet through the valley of the shadow of death. You and I, we've come, the deacons tonight, as we were talking in my office, we've, we've come through this last two, two and a half years of dealing with every fear and every concern. Some justified and real, some created by government and media, some hyped and some genuine. But we have come through this very tough time. And all through this, God has said, come to me. Find your peace in me. You're still going to have to journey that journey. But in that journey, I'm going to put a yoke upon you that is easy. In that journey, 
I am going to lighten your load for you. And that is the truth for each of us. When we face these really hard times in life, whatever they may be, we go to him because he's our refuge. We go to him because he said, come, come unto me and I will lighten your load and custom fit your yoke so that it's easier to bear what you're going through. Go back with me to our text in Psalm 46. He says to us, God is our refuge. And what's the second one he says? He says, God is our what? He's our strength. Because no matter what it is we're going through in life, we need the strength of the Lord. We need his help. We need his enabling. I want you to look with me, if you would, to Psalm 138. Psalm 138, verses 1 through 3. And listen as I read this text. I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I, will, will I sing praise unto thee. I will worship towards thy holy temple. And praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. In the day when I cried, thou answerest me. And strengthenest me with strength in my soul. What we find here is God reminding us through the Psalms that absolutely he desires to answer our prayer and to strengthen us. Look again with me at verse 3 and listen to what he says. He says, in the day when I cried, thou answered me and strengthened me with strength in my soul. As he comes down through these two, these three verses, he really expresses what's going on in his life. And we can relate to this. He says, I will praise thee with my whole heart. You and I that are genuinely born again, that have received Jesus Christ as our savior. You and I that are Christian, not just in word, but in deed and practice in the sincerity of our heart. We come to God in worship and we worship from the heart, not repetition, not ritual, but from the sincerity of our heart. It's with the whole heart that we reach out to him. When you look at the second part of that verse, verse, uh, verse one there, he says, I will praise thee with my whole heart before the gods. And I want you to notice that little G for gods. Before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. When your heart is genuine and real, all those false gods fall to the side. They all drop to the ground. They're, they're, they're dumb and they're mute. They can't hear, they can't speak, they can't minister. They can't do anything and they just fall to the side. As you and I reach out to the true and living God. And we worship him with sincerity and in truth, just as we were called to do. Look down with me as we go to verse 2 there in Psalm 138. He says, I will worship towards thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. You and I, we recognize and understand coming to God's house. That's why we're here tonight. We're here because we want to lift up the Lord. We want to glorify him. We want to draw from his loving kindness. We want to grow in our faith as we draw nearer to him in spiritual truth. 
He comes down into verse 3. And he links it all together. By saying in the day when I cried. You answered me. And what did he do? He strengthened him. Just as Psalm 46 talked about. God being our refuge. And being our strength. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 16 says. That he would grant you. According to the riches of his glory. To be strengthened with might. By his spirit in the inner man. So who is it that strengthens us? It is God. It's the spirit of God that strengthens us. And what are we strengthened in? In his mind. Not our own. Lest we begin to think much of ourselves. You know, it's interesting that John the Baptist said, I must decrease. He must increase. John the Baptist knew that he needed to humble himself and step aside because Christ needed to be elevated. And you and I, we need to be careful that we don't think so much of ourselves that we start to supplant the Lord in our lives. We set him aside and we think, oh yes, I'm so good, I'm so strong, I'm so spiritual. He says to us, we are strengthened not in our mind, but in his mind. It is by his spirit that we are strengthened with his might. And if you look at the last part, what's it say? In the inner man. We put a lot of stock in the outer man in the world we live in today. Uh, the other day I was reading an article. I've never heard this before, but I guess because I'm getting older, it caught my attention. But I saw this headline about wrinkles on your face. And I thought to myself, huh, because I am getting older, I'm starting to see a little bit of wrinkling here and there. And they said, if you're a side sleeper, you will have much worse wrinkles. And I thought, man, I'm a side sleeper. Does that mean I'm going to just prune up? What's going to happen here? So I went in and I, I read the article and it said, well, it's because when, and I do, I sleep on my side every night and I pull that pillow in and I put my, and so they had a picture of your face just, <laughs> and I'm thinking, I would move personally. I just wouldn't have that crushed face feel. But they said, by laying there all night, now all of you are going to go home when you lay down tonight, you're going to think, oh, am I a side sleeper? But it said, you push those wrinkles and they all night long begin to set and it makes you wrinkly. Now, who knows? But we put so much stock in how we appear. All the outward man and the outward woman in the world and the culture we live in. But you know, the Lord puts value in that. We need to be good stewards of our bodies. It is important. We should care for. It is the temple of God. But his real focus is the inner man. And here he says to us, he says, it is the inner man that is strengthened by the might of the spirit of God. It's interesting. The first part of that Ephesians 3.16, it says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened. I like that. God is granting that. It's like a gift, isn't it? 
He's saying, I know you have a need. You have a need to be spiritually strengthened in the inner man. And God grants that to us. It's a gift to us, isn't it? Sandra, Joe, and I, we ate at Rosie's this, this afternoon right after church. We went down and uh, as we were checking out, there on the counter, all wrapped up with a sign over it, was gluten-free double chocolate. I don't know if it was a cupcake or whatever it was. It looked a little bit like a cupcake. And Sandra Jo says, Tim, buy that. And I'm thinking... Why do I want gluten-free? She said, we want to get it for Ashley. I said, great idea. So we went ahead and bought that as a gift because she works hard in the office. And so we, I, we brought it home. I wrote on the little baggie, gluten-free from Rosie's, put it on her door downstairs to her little apartment. Why? Because we care about her. We just want, it's just gesture, kindness. Well, God cares about us, and he grants to us. I'm pointing at the screen, but I should be pointing at the Bible. He grants to us strength, because he knows we need it. It's a gift that he gives to us. It's interesting that he says that he would grant to you according to the riches of his glory. So he dips into the treasure house of God. And gives to you strength. Strength for whatever you're facing in your life. Strength to get through that day. To get through that obstacle. To get through that tribulation. God reaches in and dips out you and I. That gift of strength. He grants it to us according to the riches of his glory. And it is done through his might. Colossians 1.11 says, Strengthen with all might according to his glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness. It's interesting to think that God giving us strength, whether it's all the way back in Psalm 46 or all the way into the New Testament, when we look at Ephesians and Colossians, we see that God really has a purpose in strengthening us. Colossians 1.11, again, look at that. Strengthened with all might. We already talked about that, didn't we? God is strengthening us through his might. So he repeats it here in another book of the Bible. According to his glorious power, he does this, and he has a purpose. What's his first purpose in that verse? Patience. That we might have patience. He wants us to be strong enough to be patient. Because patience is a virtue. Have you ever heard that before? Absolutely, it's important. It's an important part of our lives to be patient. We have to be patient as children to wait on mom to make dinner. We have to be patient if we're a mom waiting for dad to come to the table. We gotta be patient as a dad waiting for all the chaos of the kids and all that stuff. We've got to be patient in all aspects of life, don't we? We go to work and we punch in, we go in and do whatever we do for a living. Well, not everything can be right there, right there, right there. Sometimes we have to be patient, don't we? Comes lunchtime, you go, you got to stand in line, get your lunch. You can't just go up and demand, I'm the most important person here. 
You have to be patient. God says to us, part of him strengthening us is so that we in life may learn to wait upon him. Be patient. But it's interesting when he comes on a little bit farther, he says, unto all patience. And what's the next one? Long-suffering. Long-suffering is a cousin to patience, isn't it? It's patience maybe to the second power. It's patience under tribulation. It's under pressure, under stress. It's a little harder to be patient when you're under stress, isn't it? And God's saying, well, you need, you need a little extra. You need not only patience, you need a little bit of long suffering here. So God gives that to us because we need that in life too, don't we? Those things when, when all of a sudden the, the tension is there and patience is required. You need to be a little long-suffering. And if we're not careful, sometimes we can be the least long-suffering with the people who we say we love the most. Because oftentimes that's the environment and the situation that you're experiencing pressure. So God tells us, he says, I will strengthen you with all might according to his glorious power. And I'll do it so that you get patience and some long suffering because you're going to need that in life. But what's the last thing he says? He's going to give us some joyfulness because he wants us to achieve. He wants us to grow. He wants us to mature. What's the outcome with this him granting and giving us this gift of strength? It says that we can have a more joyful life. We can enjoy life better. I feel bad for people who are constantly stomping and angry, angry at their neighbors, angry at their family, angry at their coworkers, angry at the government, angry at their pastor, who knows what, angry at everybody, just angry. God says, no, I want you to enjoy life. He didn't give us a life to just be cranked all the time. He says, I want you to have joyfulness. And if we're going to have that joyfulness, we're going to have some strength. Some strength that will help us to be patient, to help us to be long-suffering, to be able to live a life that comes together to glorify Him. Let's go back to our text. Psalm 46, verse 1. God is our refuge. He is our strength a very present help in trouble. All of us face times of trouble. Times of trouble are, they are part of, a, of life, aren't they? Ever since Adam and Eve, ever since they went ahead and partook of the forbidden fruit, ever since they disobeyed God and sin came upon mankind, so there came tribulation and trouble. It's part of the nature of sin in the world. But it is interesting that when we look at this text, he tells us, he says, I want to be that very present help in that time of trouble. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6 says, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. 
so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. And I will not fear what man shall do unto me. So the Lord is our what? He's our helper. Now here we find that in the book of Hebrews, in the New Testament. But all the way back here in Psalms 46, he's saying to us, he is our very present help in trouble. You and I have to learn to go to get our help where it's the best place to get help. Amen? Amen. Oftentimes people reach out to every place but the Lord. And God says, I am your helper in the time of trouble. I am that present help. It's interesting in that text there in Hebrews 13, 5 and 6, he teaches us that we need to be a people who rest in the fact that he will never leave us nor forsake us. See, that's part of that understanding. He's my helper. He's there for me because he loves me. He is that very present help because he wants to be there for us. He doesn't have to. He's God. He could choose not to, but he chose, chose to be there as our help. As we come down, I want, I want you to turn with me to Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. Hebrews chapter 4, listen to verses 14 down through 16 with me. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. So he's offering to us help, and in that help, he's giving it to us how? He's giving it to us through mercy and grace. Mercy and grace is a real part of who we are as Christians. It's by mercy that God forgives us and died on the cross for us. Because what are we worthy of? What is just punishment? Death. Eternal death. Hell itself. We're sinners. We've sinned and rebelled against God. But God's mercy, even though he's a just God... His mercy compelled him to love the world so much that he gave his only begotten son. And his only begotten son is he himself taking upon the flesh of a man to die on the cross for your sins and mine. So the, the very base of mercy connects us as Christians. We are Christians because of the mercy of God. Without the mercy of God, we would be hopeless and helpless. But it is the mercy of God. So he comes down. Let's listen again to what he says. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace 
to help in the time of need. So grace, we've talked about it many times. The acronym for grace commonly said is what? Anybody know? God's riches at Christ's expense. Louis started saying it. Absolutely. God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace. That's the acronym. What's that mean? It simply means that God pours forth his riches at Christ's expense to you and I. So he's telling us we find God's riches to help in the time of need. He is our help. Amen. He is there for us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. We rest in him. We find our strength in him. We find our refuge in him because he wants to be there for us. Come boldly, he tells us in this text. And it is important for us to understand. He's not saying come arrogantly. He's saying, come confidently, confidently to your heavenly father who loves you so much. He, by mercy, shed his blood for your sins. So we come to him boldly. Again, not arrogantly, not with an attitude, but with a confidence and a peace that my God is my helper. He is the one who gives me strength. He is my Mekesa. He is my place of refuge, that place of hope and shelter where I can rest in him. When we come to this Psalm all the way back in Psalms 46 verses one through three, we go back and we find the same truths that are reinforced throughout the epistles. And we look at the teachings of Jesus. All these principles are reinforced and reinforced for us because whether you live in the first century, when the Christians were living, or whether you live all the way back to the time of David, or back to the time of Moses, or back to the time of Adam and Eve, we all need strength from God. Can you imagine when Adam and Eve were cast out of the garden? And they looked back, when they looked back at the garden, what did they see? Does anybody know? That's right. The gates were closed and an angel with a flaming sword there. They, they could not enter. They could not go back. There was no reversing what had transpired. So now as they face a whole new world and a whole new life, with the curse come down upon everything around them, there's only one place they could turn. And that was to the Lord. He had to give them strength. He had to give them peace. He had to go ahead and be there to help them as they faced life and started a new life. You and I in our lives, there are many stages to our lives, aren't there? You know, you look back here and you see William and Hillary. They're in the early stage of life, aren't they? They have their first baby, one of 15 or 20, who knows, we'll see. <laughs> But they're in the early stage of life, aren't they? And before you know it, it clicks, 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 and you're to the stage of John and Hannah, where they've got these young ones who are growing up, running. I mean, they've got, uh, what is Tess 
10 going on 20? Yes, yes. And that's a stage in life, isn't it? And then before you know it, you're where Kurt and Rachel are, where Sam is out of high school, starting life on his own. These guys, man, it just happened so fast, didn't it? I remember bouncing Sam on my knee in my office, talking to Rachel. I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> and before you know it, bam, we're to another stage, aren't we? We're, we're empty nesters. Before you know it, we're senior citizens. Before you know it, you're retired. It just goes so fast. But just like Adam and Eve had to face that next stage, so we do. And we look to the Lord and say, Lord, you are my refuge. You are my place of rest. I need you to strengthen me. And I need you to be my helper. Whatever stage, whatever step, whatever's there, I need you to be my help. That is why we come to him. That's why he says, come, come to me. Amen? Amen. Thanks so much for coming out tonight. And we look in the Bible. It's a precious time to be able to just set aside, come look into the word of God and be encouraged by what he has for us. Amen. That's our word of prayer. We'll be dismissed. Father in heaven, I thank you for my brothers and sisters in Christ who came out tonight. I thank you for the privilege and the opportunity to draw near to the warmth of your word. And I pray that you'd be with us as a church as we go out into this lost and dying world. And we represent you. Help us to be ambassadors. Help us to live our lives well, that you might be honored, Lord. Thank you for being our helper. Thank you for being our refuge. Thank you for the gift of strength to face each day. In Christ's name we pray, amen. amen.